Initiating startup sequence. You are now plugged in. Hey guys, and thank you for tuning in. This is episode 248 of the Plug and Play podcast. Tim, that's 68 if you have the two first, the two together, and then you... It's then also you the eight. beginning of a like a never-ending 2, 4, 8, 16, no 32, shit. 64, 128. Guys, turn off the episode before it goes any further. Okay. We should probably explain where we are, because you can no doubt hear music behind us, and that's not going to change. It's no doubt. We will have a soundtrack for this episode of the podcast. It's a soundtrack of this episode, some you, would say. Yeah. Soundtrack to my life. We are at the Loyal Legion Organ Beer Hall. Sure it's not Legion Loyal? I'm sure it's Loyal Legion. You sure it's not? Two L's. You sure it's not just Legion? Legion of Loyals. Legion of Loyals? No, it's the Loyal Legion. Okay, Loyal Legion, Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a Mario burger. It's a beer hall. They have a lot of beers on tap. They do. Um, we have all kinds of tasty treat options tonight. Um, by the way, welcome, Minions. Oh, yeah. I am Zach. This is Tim. Hey. Hey. So what are you drinking, Zach? What is your tasty treat? Drinking number eight. Where is number eight on that list? Number eight is uh, Block 15 Fresh Flow IPA. You got 6.5 ABV and no IBUs listed, and it's a herb pick. Whatever the fuck that means. I am drinking Coalition Certified Hazy CBD IPA with an ABV of 6%. Whoa! Alright. It's a smaller one. It's a 10 ounce. Um, so, Tim, you want to talk about some uh, things you've been up to this week? I did some cool things this week. You want to talk about mine really quick so you can like, nail it out of the park with some awesome shit? If you want to go first, go ahead. And then, then you can go to the news and do all the news. You're gonna talk about the news. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dominate. My phone might be dead. I'll pass you the phone. All right. Well, you go first. I thought we just established no, you. Go. No, I switched it back. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we took the kids and we went to a very interesting show at the Clint Street Theater on Saturday night. It is Dr. Jack's old timey medicine show. It's a vaudeville and cabaret. So the whole like premise of the show was like this old time snake it's oil. Like a cabaret, like what we go to. No, no, no. Oh, we go to Burlesque, I guess. There was some burlesque. We'll get to that. So the setup was it was like the audience was supposedly in front of like a snake oil salesman. That would be Dr. Jack. And he just was basically a conceit to introduce all the other performers. Um, so there was a juggler. There was, there was a, um, I don't know what you'd call him, a guy that got out of a straitjacket and also... Um, like an escapist. Yeah, basically. He also was a sword swallower and he did some freaky stuff with his sword. He, a, he did some freaky stuff with his sword, too? <laughs> yes. He had you like brought a, your kids to this? He had, like, a bayonet from World War One that was, like... If he held it up next to him, and, like, if, from his mouth, the hilt of the sword would go basically below his sternum. Holy shit. Um, and then he, of course, swallowed that. He had another one almost as long as a wakasazi, or I'm probably pronouncing that right, the shorter version of a katana. Okay. And he had an audience member pull that out of his throat once he'd swallowed it. Did you get to do it? No. Were they, like... Rah, rah, the woman that was doing that up. was so freaked out. She's like, I don't know if I can do this. That's funny. Yeah. And there was a couple burlesque. Um, there was Lady Lovelace, um, and she was good. She got lots of cheers, but honestly, I liked the other one better. Which is weird for me to, to admit to. Um, I think its name is David Daniels. You like looking at his sword? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, no. He was funny. He was like he was a- around the show the whole time. He was like doing a push broom thing. He was he, had, he was dressed up like a hobo clown. Oh, okay. And um, he would like randomly like push it to you. Well, he'd go down the aisle and like ask you to raise your feet up and just kind of be mildly annoying. And then he was like up on stage, like it's behind. Tricky. 
No, behind uh, behind the Jack guy, and oh, okay. he drank the. So first of all, the the snake oil was called piss on vinegar. Piss on vinegar. Okay. Piss on vinegar. So he was behind him, like while he while Jack was talking about something else, like just totally drinking it, like Shit. getting wasted. Nice. And then he does his little strip routine, and it was hilarious That's because funny. he's like pulling off his socks seductively, and they're like all full of holes. <laughs> and then when he got down to like his no, no shirt, took his pants off, and he had like this kind of jockstrap thing but he had happy faces painted on his ass <laughs> so it was just really funny and just, how did your daughter feel during this I should have looked at her expression more but honestly I had way more fun during his set than the, the lady was great it was just it's boobs well I mean there's like she was wearing a course like an open corset with like a giant pasty yeah. so it was honestly not much more than you'd see on any beach probably yeah. probably less honestly yeah um, but yeah, people are hooting and hollering and have a good time. That's cool. The sword swallower was great. The juggler was cool. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. One of the good ones. Lady Cocaine. Lady Cocaine? Cocaine. I know you're supposed to think that. Yeah. Um, she's a strong woman. Oh, okay. She broke a watermelon with her her thighs. That's incredible. Yeah, it was both awesome and terrifying. Yeah, you don't want to be down there. No, no, she was, she was strong. Um, so that was a good time. Good show. Uh, it was relatively inexpensive. Um... It was cool. Nice. Maybe not appropriate to bring my children to, but hey. You did it. Honestly, they didn't see more skin than you could see on any late night TV show. Yeah. Like even at 8 o'clock. It was entertaining. I like the old style entertainment. What was it? It was at the Clint Street Theater. Okay. I was hoping that he was going to do more of the stuff like glass swallowing and like where they pound the nose. Yeah. There's nails in his nose. But I think that guy's set was was cut short because he was at the very end. Oh, that sucks. But he did escape from a straitjacket and swallow a bunch of swords. That's cool. It was cool. I think they were running out of time. That sucks. I wish he wouldn't run out of time. Yeah, he was honestly, he was cool. That's cool. Um, Is there a local local people? I'm not. Sure. Well, if you read the bios, a lot of them are from Portland. Um, so yes, but I think they kind of do a lot of different gigs. Like when you're you know, skill set is I, I could swallow a, a 19 inch sword like I don't know you don't normally just stay in Portland I mean I'm sure they get work at like Dante's um, they have a cabaret every mm. Sunday night um, they have different performers so it was overall mostly family friendly except for the burlesque but even the burlesque was pretty tame yeah I mean they were wearing they were still wearing clothes at the end of their set yeah so that was fun um, continuing on in my theme of like being an inappropriate parent um, we actually, I, I don't. I haven't got anything that's inappropriate here yet. So we actually recorded early last week. So we did another adventure time Tuesday just with my daughter. I'm gonna kind of gloss over that one, um, just to say that I took her to the Alberta Arts District and she loved it. We went to a couple. Um, Was that the tea place? We went to tea. No, well, different kind of tea, uh, like boba tea. And we had coffee and we had. She found an art shop that she likes because she's into journaling right now. Had a great time. So okay. this, this week's Adventure Time Tuesday, I've made an incredible find. Um, I was so happy about this. Um, most of the weird museums and such I find are in Portland. This one was actually in Vancouver, Washington, where we live. Really? Yes. And it's called... Um, I don't know, my outline's being weird. I want to get this right. Oh, I didn't write it down. Um, it's the Museum of... I'm going to get this wrong. i, I got to look it up. So basically, this, this German woman um, bought this house in Vancouver that used to be a church, but it's like in a neighborhood, so it's a very small church. Okay. Um, and then someone changed it from a church to a house. She changed it back to looking kind of like a church from the outside. Um, okay. And inside... Okay, I'm going to get this right. 
the Devilish Little Things Museum. So she's been collecting um, devils. Li- little devils for like 20 years. Oh, shit. Um, she used to be in Hollywood, Los Angeles. She uh, worked on um, creature effects, like horror movies, like the rubber monsters yeah, that you see. Yeah, in like the, the It and things like that. Uh, yeah, she worked on Hellboy, for example. She did uh, Ape Sapiens. Like the original Hellboy? Or the, the original Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah. She's not in the industry anymore. She explained she has like uh, rheumatoid arthritis, so like making the the costume is hard for her. Yeah. She does ceramics now. Nice. And she sells her ceramics in the part of the basement, which we'll get to the basement in a second. So you got to set the scene for you. Like you walk up to this house that has a spire on it, and like a like a stained glass you walk window. Up to a church. But it's a mini church. Like think a house sized church. I'm thinking like it's like colonial church. It's like probably from like 18. There's something. a wrought there's a wrought iron like gate. Nah, and, it's 18 something church. And my kids are like, "What the hell, Dad?" Because I didn't. We're church. We're not church kids. And my son's like, "Are we supposed to be here?" <laughs> and then this lady opens the door and says, like, "Hello, uh, welcome." And these little dogs run out. She has two little dogs. And Did you call her to tell you you're coming? You have yes. You have to make a reservation. Like she runs this museum out of her home, and you literally have to call and make a reservation. That's cool. So my kids are like, not. I mean, it's got to be so weird for them. So we go in, and there's like a one great room, like a huge room, because it was a church. That'd be like the auditorium. So it's like the size of like three house living rooms all together, just wide, wide open. And around every corner of this great room are little curio cabinets, shelves, and they're all full of little red, mostly red, but not all red, little devils. Nice. So she explained her philosophy of devils. She's from Germany. And they are more tied to like the older kind of folklore, like the Brothers Grimm came from yeah. Germany, and in, and they're to them devils aren't like Satan, yeah. they're, they're like little mischievous imps, yeah. or like mischievous and also like they're still tempting, but not as much of a. Um, they're not an evil entity. Yeah, she's really. not into Satanism or like devil worship. She thinks little devils. She wanted to collect something, and she started like twenty years ago. So there's all these different things, and some she said are not strictly devilish. That's why that's why it's devilish, like uh, satyrs, for example. Those are the little fawn-like creatures that have oh, yeah. horns and play pipes, and yeah. they have the, the goat's hooves. Yeah. So she has some of those. She has a couple gargoyles, things of that nature. Yeah. So basically, she's looking for things with horns and. They have a weird, creepy vibe to them. Not creepy. Like a lot of them are very, yeah. like yeah. like impish and playful. Yeah. yeah. Um, she also had Krampus. Oh, nice. Um, and actually, at like Christmas. Little one. No. Oh, like a Did you see the one we posed with? I'll show you. Um, so I think we've talked about Krampus on the yeah, show before. Christmas time. He's like the the reverse image of Santa Claus. He takes little children and beats them with sticks. The bad ones. Puts them in a bag. So that's Krampus behind us, and that's a min- another smaller Krampus. Oh, that's cool as hell. Um, so at Christmas, she actually puts up a black Christmas tree and puts up little devil ornaments. That's and then super puts cool. out this full-size Krampus, and yeah. That's super cool. So you're going back for Christmas. You should come. We should. I don't we know if do your, your son might be... I think your son would be fine. My, son, my wife would be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, don't worry, we're going to church. We're going to church. Yeah, it's church. Yeah, some of my church friends on my Instagram post were like, Tim? Uh, who's got the CPS number? So she had all these cabinets like organized by kind of like themes. Like Some would be like uh, tobacco boxes. Nice. So the tops would come off. Or... Um, like the kitchen area had a bunch of like products like like this will knock the devil back like 
like old timey like commercial things that had devil marketing in them. Okay. It was really cool. There was so many things. That's um, super cool. I could go on and on about our collection, um, but just suffice it to say that it was amazing. I will take a little detour to um, the basement. Um, the basement had some black velvet art that was really cool and some absinthe, old timey absinthe art was amazing. Yeah, nice. And she'd put the bar, there's actually a bar with two bar stools in the corner um, with the, the rubber bartender she she had from, I think, way back in her her like previous Hollywood life. Days. Yeah, then you could pose with him. That's and there's a picture of us with, I think, Klaus. Yeah, his name is Klaus. He's the bartender. And apparently the bar is built right over where the bas- baptistry was. Really? Yes. That's cool as shit. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. That's awesome. Um, I love her basement. I was trying to convince her. She gave me a little taste of absinthe because she has some. And she offers, for $8, you get a guided tour for like an hour and refreshments, cookies. And the kids got juice. I got coffee. And then we were down there and she's like, oh, you like absinthe? Because I was talking about the the, um, commercial art. Yeah. So do you want to try some? I'm like, yes. That's awesome. She's like, yeah, I really really am into the French um, absinthe scene. And I've, I've always been kind of toying around with having an absinthe tasting down here. Like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. Please do that. Yeah. That You're w- like, I know two people will show up. I, I think way more would if she publicized it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. To be such a cool venue to have an absinthe tasting. Super cool. We talked about um, the little uh, sprinklers for absinthe. Like, she doesn't have one right now. She has the base of one um, that has a devil on it, but not the actual cup that holds the water. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, it was a great time. She was awesome to talk to, a great host. Yeah. Um, it was a, do you remember what her name was? I do not right now. No, it's okay. Um, I can look it up. So actually, Chris Martin, I could actually find it for you really quick. because oh, cool. Chris Martin, um, who just interviewed you on... You should talk about this. Oh, I should talk about that. Yeah. Um, Chris Martin's one of his students, made a documentary about this woman. Um, about the devil woman? Yeah. Nice. And so that's what I'm looking up right now because that actually has... Um, her name, Marion Held, is her name. Um, so, if you let's see, how could I get people to this YouTube video from description? So, go to YouTube and search "Devilish Little Things Museum: Colon Marion Held." That's M A R I O N H E L D. Um, it's the video is by Jesse Lanier. I hope you're pronouncing his last name right. And it's a really good um, documentary. It'll show you an idea of a collection, and there's a lot of her talking about her collection. Okay. Um, can we post it in our show notes? The link? Yes. Yeah, it will show up on some. Um, so anyway, look for the video on YouTube, Devilish Little Things Museum, colon, Marion Held. It's, it's a great explanation. I'm sorry I'm going on and on about this, but no, no, no. I was so thrilled to find this place. It was amazing. The the Honestly, the rest of our Adventure Time Tuesday kind of paled in comparison. Um, we drove to Portland, and we are we enjoyed a $5 burger. It's $5 burger week in Portland, um, okay. 5th to the 10th. I think 20... Did you spend $5 on those burgers, we Well, yes. Wow. Um, that was good for 5 bucks. It was. Um, so the one I had at uh, Portland Burger was even better. It was called Stacy's Bomb. Yeah, but this is a Mario Burger. It is. This is a Mario burger. Stacy's Mom was a really good burger. It had um, a ton of stuff on it. Um, and the line Just was... Just like Stacy's Mom. Just got it going on. Got a lot of stuff all over. Okay. Um, 
so yeah we were in line for that for like 15 minutes wrapped around the bar and, and the bar had a cool feature it had like a had little knobs and, and stuff that made it look like a uh, electric guitar oh that's cool um, but the kids weren't super impressed with that for whatever reason they did like the burger my son just had a boring normal cheeseburger because he likes playing things right now my daughter had the Stacey's mom the next thing we did was the Portland Underground Tour oh nice um, which with, I with the uh, the Shanghai Tunnels and stuff yes sort of Yes. So we go and we meet inside this building in the, the Old Town District next to Chinatown. I'm kind of confused where Old Town begins and Chinatown ends. And we it was basically a walking tour through the old part of Portland. And there was a lot of cool... So not underground. I'm getting to that. 90, 90% was above ground, yes. Okay. Which they don't... They do not advertise that for obvious reasons, I think. So their whole thing was like, it's the underground tour of Portland, meaning like the underground like yeah like I get what they're saying now the, like the red light district in Chile. we did talk a lot about yeah. seamstresses yeah apparently um, the prostitutes in Portland and the turn of the century were able to unionize because they never called themselves prostitutes to avoid they were seamstresses so like you roll into town and you'd ask the bartender hey I seem to have a few buttons loose do you know of a good seamstress and then you'd you know get yeah. things taken care of so also downtown Portland is ran by a female it was one of the first females to run a town like there was actually like a lot a of female vice-related things. There was this crazy woman with a houseboat, and she also had whores upstairs. But when the police... Back in the day, there was Portland, there was East Portland, yeah. and it was divided by the yeah. river. So when Portland was about to raid her, she would cut loose on her houseboat and just float over to the other side. Just like, she, she did that multiple times. And um, she'd get tipped off because a lot of her clients were police. Yeah. Police were way corrupt back then. Way corrupt. Yes. Um, there's also a cool story about this guy who had seven bars in this giant building. Oh, that's cool as hell. Um, and he had constructed a giant urinal around the whole building, so you'd basically get up from your stool, go pee, and just go right back. No way. And stuff like that worked because back in the day, there was 16 men to one woman, so like disgusting behavior like that was sort of tolerated. There's also a cool story about um, the Skidmore Fountain. Have you seen that one at the Saturday Market? It's like one of the first public... Um, art monuments ever be erected. Is it the one that shoots up out of the ground? No, it's like an old school like art deco fountain like a would seen like in Italy or whatever with like huh. the statues and stuff. Weird. No, anyway, because it was the first public thing like it was kind of a big deal and it was right next to Henry Weinhardt's and Henry Weinhardt's had a fire hose out and everything. They were going to fill it with beer. That's cool as fuck. Then the last minute the city was like, no. So it could have been a cool story. It was almost a cool really story. Cool. There was lots of prohibition stories, and which kind of came back to why they had tunnels. Yeah. Um, also, they were used for opium dens. They were not used for Shanghai that much. Yeah. Uh, Portland had kind of a different Shanghai scene than what I was led to believe. Basically, it was just like tricking people into it. Like you would roll into town with no money. Like, hey, like, here's a here's work for us. No, it was like here, here's a couple bucks, um, and you could stay at my boarding lodge, um, no problem. Just sign here. Like you know, low key, and then they didn't read what they signed, of course. And yeah, bye bye. Well, they'd wait a week till they racked up some charges at the boarding house, and they'd be like, "Well, you got to pay this back." Yeah. And you don't want to involve the police, of course. The police are in on this whole racket. Yeah. So you go off on a boat for like four months, five months, not too bad, and you'd have to work off your debt. Damn. Yeah. So, but it wasn't like you hear the stories where like the bartender, well, the bartender drugs you and then pulls a switch and like the floor opens below you. Like it wasn't like that. Too bad. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. So anyway, um, back in the 60s, all of the Shanghai tunnels were destroyed by the police. Hmm. I think it was 60s. I can't remember what decade. But yeah, because... So like the ones that are open now are just like been fixed back that's up? That's what they were saying. They said that there weren't any. We didn't... We went into a basement. 
we saw the rubble of a Shanghai tunnel. Huh. That's all we saw. So that part was disappointing. Yeah. I got to see way more actual tunnels in Seattle. So that was yeah. like, boo. It's weird. I've always heard that Portland has tunnels. It did. But what I mean is, like, I've always heard people still do, like, tunnel tours here. Like, no. It's weird. It's not. Read the fried print. Did you go to, like, really shitty, like, underground tour, Tim? I looked. I don't think there's another one. And they're saying that all of the tunnels were destroyed. They know of. So I'll be willing to bet all the tunnels weren't destroyed. But if they're still open at this point, you probably don't want to go on those tours. I do. As a, as a tourist. I do. Well, you're an idiot. You also think you can be a Yakuza. We're going, Tim. You, no. We're doing this. It's a terrible, tonight. terrible Cheers. idea. All right. Still a terrible idea. No. Anyway, that's Adventure Time Tuesday. Uh, delinquent Parent Edition. I took my kids to see, like, prostitutes and devils and, yeah. I, I don't know what I'm doing with my life right now. Doing the good stuff, man. My kids loved it. Yeah. Um, so last week I did an interview with uh, Getting Work to Work, which is our friend Chris Martin. He's a podcast, and he uh, interviews creatives and uh, artistic people and just successful people in their field. So uh, he was, And you. Yeah, and, and then he scraped the bottle of the barrel and grabbed me. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to stop giving you shit about so that. So he uh, interviewed me for Podcast Junkie and just like my podcast obsession as a whole. So I did that. So check that out. It's his latest. Um, it did lay out your journey really well. Yeah. So I took it from like when I first started podcasting to where we're at now um, and then what could potentially go in the future. So that's getting work to work. Episode, I don't remember, three something something. Well, I mean, you'll see your name on the episode list. Yeah, you'll see my name. It's, uh, it's called, like... Spreading Podcast Love with Zach Gold. It's 311. 311. Um, later on in the week, that was, like, Wednesday, I uh, started staining my fence. So that took for fucking ever. So it took Monday off. Um, luckily, uh, some good friends came over and helped me spray the rest of it. So we got it done in, like, three hours after they got there. Nice. And the spray went where it's supposed to go. Yep, exactly. Um, they knew how to do the sprayer, so I was like, "You guys do yeah, it." Yeah, don't have me come over and help yeah. you. Um, so we did that. Then we went swimming. Then we worked on the fence a little bit more. The next day, I had to do like the front fence. And then I went swimming. And the next day, I touched up both fences, and then I went swimming. And uh, that's been my week. All right. But I'm glad you let out the swimming. I mean, it sounds better I than like standing swimming. to me. It's just fun. Just I don't there. like standing. So I'm glad you got to swim. Yeah, it was fun. All right, you ready to talk some news? Let's talk some news. What am I doing here? This is all different colors. There's hers, pink, and there's peach, and there's yellow, and there's blue, and there's black. And we're thinking Kind of like Stacey's mom. we got a lot going on here. Um, so without getting into the... Just the messy, disturbing, depressing tragedy. We'll just say that video games are once again being blamed for real-world violence. Oh, fucking Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, uh, Mortal Kombat gets mentioned a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, politicians, in their effort to do nothing, are once again pointing the finger for the billionth time in, like, it's got to be 20 or 30 years now. Oh, going easily, yeah. Um, And, like, study after studies come out saying that's really not the case, but I think... Stephen Colbert in The Late Show kind of summed everything up for it, for us, like, the best. Okay. And so I'm going to go ahead and roll this clip. It's only, like, 30 seconds, 40 seconds. 
The idea of these video games to dehumanize individuals, to um, have a game of shooting individuals and others, I've always felt that is a problem for um, future generations. We must stop the glorification of violence in our society. This includes the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. It's a me, Mario. President Trump, I know you blame video games, but I just want to remind you that in Japan and South Korea they have violent video games too and they don't shoot nobody. Wait, where are you going? What are you going to do about all this senseless violence? I am going to Toledo. Thanks, Stephen Colbert. Um, it's a me, Mario. Yes. Zach, you should check your attic. Why? You could have you could have money in there. My house is brand new. If there's money in there, we got a lot That's of That's true. You on. should check your grandma's attic. Okay, why? So this family checked their attic, and look what they found. What is that? It's uh, Kid Icarus. Oh, shit. They found an unopened Nintendo game from 1988. Um, sold for $9,000 in an online auction. What the fuck? It was sealed. Um... Yeah. So And it even has a sticker over the front of it. Yep. Wow. But nine thousand dollars is chump change compared to our next story, Zach. Fucking Fortnite. Yep. Uh, so, oh yeah. So the Fortnite World Series has happened. Yes. And a six year old gamer took home three million that's million dollars this weekend after winning the World Cup final. US team Kyle. I'm not going to try to pronounce your last Here's name, Dorf. Kyle. Yep, whatever. Uh, Kyle the Dwarf won the solo event of the competition, which took place Sunday at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. What would so, you have done with $3 million when you were 16? So the duo teams uh-huh. won $3 million. Okay. And took home 1.5. Were they that young, too? They're about the same age. That's too, mu- that's too much money for a 16-year-old. He's going he's gonna to buy, like, a Ferrari or something. It'll be fine. And crash it the next day. Bugatti. Next day. And literally crash it. That's fine. Then a Lamborghini. He's got he's got at least a hundred days worth of cars he can go through. Yeah. That just depresses me. Yeah. So uh hey, Yeah, but in Fortnite you're like an old man by what, twenty five? If that, yeah. So I got one more news story. Right, what, do you, what do you got for me? What do you got for me? Uh Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft agree to disclose dr- I can't say this. Disclose loot drop rates. Alright. So all this three. Is good. This is good. All three major video games. It's because it's they're being threatened by le- legislation. That's the only time that things like this change. It's fine. It's still good. So Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo have committed to requiring all publishers of games on their respective platforms to disclose the odds of receiving types of in-game items from loot boxes in future titles. That's a good thing. Um, the video game industry group ESA announced the new initiative on Wednesday at a loot box workshop at the Federal Trade Commission. See. Government, yeah. Yeah. along with the top console makers, a number of video game publishers already include, include drop, drop rates, while others have agreed to by the end of 2020. These include Activision Blizzard, Bandai Namco, Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco. I know I can't talk right now. Bethesda, Bungie, EA, Take Two, Interactive, Interactive, right? Ubisoft, Warner Brothers, and Wizard of the Coast. According to the SCA, other publishers are also considering the disclosure. They will need to be included for a game to be published on Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch consoles. Other platforms, like PC, are not included. Hell yeah, fuck that shit. Give us your money. PC's always kind of in the Wild West one way or the other. Oh yeah. There's other drama going on right now. 
like there's an indie developer getting death threats because they're publishing on um, Epic Store instead of Steam. You also forgot about the uh, I didn't E3 forget. journalism. I didn't forget. It's just like I had to limit, I don't know, at some point. I mean, we know somebody who's getting like <coughs> threats and like phone calls and so, like, stalking like, letters now. Remember so. Gamergate? Like, yeah. They were looking up this information. They wanted to dox games journalists, like sit, like show up at their house with a giant, giant penis costume yeah. or kill them. So for ESA to, they basically had bad scripting on their website, so you could easily, it was not it was not encrypted or sealed behind a wall. You, if you knew where to look, type the right search thing in open internet, you could find the names, addresses, phone numbers of games journalists on their site until just a, a little while ago. Whistleblower came forward and said, hey, well, first of all, he emailed them and said, if you don't do something about this, I'm going to go public. Yeah. They didn't respond to him. So he went public. Of course, as soon as they went public, they finally fixed it. They were like, oh shit, hold on. But not before who knows who has information to all these game journalists. And gamers are fucking crazy people. Oh well, yeah, they're insane. I, I mean, mean, I'm crazy. No, I'm talking like 8chan people. Oh, yeah. Which, again, another story I'm not even covering. That's from your hometown, bro. 8chan is not from my hometown. People are trying to help the, them. They're fucking trying to, yeah, but I think they even they give up. So hopefully 8chan is going away. I mean, something else will spring up yep. in its place. 9chan. It's, it's hilarious to me that... Well, not... Hilarious is really the wrong word. It's depressing to me that THQ Nordic did an AMA on 8chan, and now, finally... I mean, women that have been targeted by Gamergate have said for years that 8chan is, like, the, the literal butthole of the internet. Yeah. Like, where, the, where the disgusting literal pedophiles yeah, will yeah. come and harass people that don't make games the way they lay like. Yep. That 8chan might be finally going away as reason for celebration, but... That was a tangent. I'm sorry. Let's do tech talk. Alright, let's talk some tech. What do you got, Tim? Fuck. We have to reorganize the show because I'm talking too much. Dude, sometimes I have a lot of shit in the first half. Okay, fair. You're talking about yeast? I'm going to talk about yeast. Yeasty. Ancient yeast. So ancient hooker yeast. So, okay, first of all, I feel like I have to explain why yeast is a tech. So we have harnessed um, organisms to do things for us. We we Is use. Is your car driving on yeast? No, but we make vaccines from yeast. We have them grow the antigens for us. Um, yeast also makes bread and beer that we're drinking right now. Yes. Um, it is a technology. It's a biological agent, but it is a technology. Yeah, it's a biological technology. Absolutely. Um, so this guy, Samus Blake Blackley, is the guy that suggested to Bill Gates to build the Xbox. Okay, first of all, he's now a physicist, and he does all sorts of insane projects. I'm going to kind of go through his tweet stream um, to talk about this story. So he went to Harvard's Peabody, well, Harvard at Peabody Museum. He attempted to collect 4,500-year-old yeast from ancient Egyptian pottery. Um, he used a non-destructive process and carefully ster- a careful sterile technique, captured dormant yeast and bacteria from inside the ceramic cores of ancient pots. Um, and then he used he sampled beer and bread bending objects. He took all these samples and they're going to try to build a sample library. But then he took one of those samples and he baked some bread with it. He used ingredients that he hoped. I have to backtrack a little bit. We have genetically engineered wheat to beyond what wheat looked like in Egyptian times. Yeah. We've made the gluten, the protein part, huge, um, and the other part smaller. Like yeah. So. Yeast, we've, we've yeast, yeast is a symbiotic organism. It adapts to what it has to eat because it likes to convert sugars into alcohol, basically. Um, so, if we 
put an ancient yeast in modern grain, it's possible they couldn't even digest it. Uh. So we used ancient grains and um, freshly milled barley and einkorn flour, and he used virgin olive oil, and he milled it really careful, and he made a starter, and the starter bubbled up and worked. Um, there's pictures of it bubbling up, and it looks cool. And here's the result, he says. The scoring, okay, put like a hero griff on the bread to make it look cool. The crumb is light and airy, especially for 100% ancient grain loaf. The Roman flavor are incredible and emotional. It's really different. You can easily tell, even if you're not a bread nerd. It's incredibly exciting. I'm amazed that it's worked. Um, <laughs> and his wife ate all the bread. It was apparently delicious. And she also put shit on it. Well, she put some jam on it, yes. Which ruins it. Whatever. But She's a fucking heathen. Egyptian heathen. I think it's cool that we could resurrect like ancient, like something that's been dormant on a piece of pottery from 400... 4,000, 5,000 years ago yeah. and fucking make bread today from it. That's really cool. Now, the thing is, can we re it? We can make beer, too. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, we can make beer. Like the, This was just, like, one sample out of, like, ten. Like, they're cataloging it and doing other scientific things to it. There could, at some point, be, like, an ancient beer that we can enjoy. It could be... This Tech Talk could turn into a tasty treat, is what I'm saying. Dude, and let's, it could go be like, to, let's go to Omsi right now. They it have could a lot literally of old be pottery. like nothing. We steal the old pottery from Omsi. We don't know what we're doing. I don't care. I'll scrape that shit. Okay, but if you introduce even like a tiny bit of contamination, it ruins the whole thing. You get modern modern yeast is on everything on our fingertips, on your beard, on the rim of this glass. You want to make a beard yeast beer? No, you want the no. Well, I mean, people have done that. I know. Um, I think that's that, not the hooker. The vagina beer? No, yeah, this is beer. way cooler than the vagina beer. This is like... You don't know where that yeast came from? Yeah, we do, actually. It came from Egyptian pottery that's like 5,000 years old. Exactly, but what was that pottery 5,000 years ago? Some guy like... That's like me. No, was no, like, no. In 5,000 years from now... Somebody no, that's take not true, actually, because because they would bury pharaohs with like a bit of bread and some beer. Somebody's like, screw that pharaoh, I'm going to dip my, my butt on it. Why do you have to ruin everything, Zach? <laughs> Why do you have to make everything that's awesome about butts and... And other disgusting news. Anyway, I thought that was cool. Um, that's our weird DC tech talk. Sounds good. We'll be right back after this music break. And we are back. Tasty treats in hand. I have number 19. I don't know what the fuck it is. It is a IPA of some kind from somebody. I have. Um, oh shit, I can't remember who made it. Exactly. It no, is no, no. An IPA no, from but it's somebody. A, it's a pineapple Kush. Going with oh. the theme here. Block 15. Um, no. Is it Buck 15? No, I don't think so. I think it's Breakside. Yeah, Breakside, block, Pineapple Kush. Um, it's on Nitro, so it's got a nice, nice, nice uh, cloudy head on it. Tim just likes cloudy head. I'll take... Anyway. Cheers. Mine's not bad. It's better than the last one. I'm making him taste mine. It's very pineapple-y. But it's also smooth. It is. It's very smooth. Got I, that. Do, I do like the way that like some nitros make shit taste. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a that's a weird experience. Getting nitroed in the head. Yep. Hey Tim. Yeah. Want to talk? Kick, kick it. Wow. Now who can't talk? Jesus. Let's kick it. Hey Tim, I got the air sniffler. The what? Don't worry about it. All right, let's let this very... This, this guy's got seven days ago, so you literally have a little bit of time to go back this. Okay. Um, he's looking for $47,909. 47, 
currently at 10,912, 208 backers, and uh, this guy takes sniffling very serious. So that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. How often do you think about the quality of the air you, your loved ones, or kids breathe? Earth's air quality is shockingly poor. Air pollution is the fourth largest killer of people worldwide, causing cancer, strokes, heart and lung disease, not to mention chronic allergies. Many of the most dangerous air pollutants, indoors or outdoors, cannot even be seen or smelled. An astounding 91% of the world's population lives where air pollution exceeds safe limits, according to the World Health Organization. Your closest air quality station might tell you everything is fine, but the actual air around you could be polluted. And each year, it gets worse. This is your chance to make a difference. Introducing Ear Sniffler, the world's first and only personal air quality monitor and alert device. It has sophisticated sensors that sample the air around you 24-7. If it detects lower air quality, you'll receive a notification on your phone. Ear Sniffler is so small and light that you can attach it almost anywhere. Clip it on clothing, a purse or briefcase to monitor workspace, school or travel air quality. It's surprising how polluted the air can be in a bus stop or in a car that is stuck in traffic. Air Sniffler is for parents, students, seniors, athletes, environmental groups or anyone who cares about the quality of their air. Air Sniffler also works as your personal little weather station. It can alert you about overexposure to sun, high temperatures, or even too dry or humid air. The Air Sniffler app is simple and helpful. There's plenty of customization options too. No service fees or hidden costs. Battery life in weeks. USB-C charging. And if you agree to share your data with the scientific community, anonymously of course, you're actively participating in social empowerment for air pollution. However, it's all up to you. Welcome to Air Sniffler. Welcome to making the world a cleaner place. So as you just heard... Zach, I have questions. No, I'm, no. Not, I'm not allowing questions here. No, I, need, I have questions. <laughs> okay, what's your question? Let's say my I have I've backed this. Yes. I've waited. I've gotten my sniffler. Yes. I'm wearing my sniffler right now. Yes. My sniffler beeps or alerts my app, whatever it is. I'm a little confused about that yeah, part. Yeah. And it says, Tim, the air you're smelling is from a butthole. You're gonna die. What what does that what good does that do me? What do I do right now? Stop breathing and run. To where? Air is somewhere where butthole set is not but <laughs> air your is app will tell you when to breathe again. Air is everywhere, Zach. Nope, nope. Your app will be like, okay, this air is good air. Unless I can fly like 100 miles an hour, I'm stuck with the air I'm stuck with. What if the air in my home is bad? Am I supposed to not live there anymore? Yeah. Fucking burn that shit. How does this help me? It, I mean, it just tells you he how... He just said that 91% of people live die in... Die from breathing. Well, and live in places with bad air quality. So that, 
It's gonna tell me how fucked I am? Yeah. Okay. He's literally just slapping you in the face with it. He literally looks like the most serious, like, mortician ever. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Well, that's the air sniffler. air sniffler. I mean, unless you want to know how fucked you are. I guess that's true. If you're... Now, see, like, your son would love this. He'd be like... Dad, see, Dad, Dad, we need to move. This house we're, is fucked. We're, we're at 44 ports per million, Dad. Yeah. It's 1% overdue. Oh, my God. No, I I'm not. For your son no, for I will. I will. I will hunt you down. Oh, I should get this for yourself no. for Christmas. No, it's such I a bad idea. idea. Bad idea. Great idea. Bad idea. Great. Do you, okay. Do you want to talk about the backing levels at all, or are you done with the sniffler? My phone's dead, so we're good. Yes. <laughs> we don't have to talk about the sniffler. Pretty sure my phone's dead. Oh wait. Wait, the sniffer lives. I thought it died. It did not. It's looking for uh, 43 US dollars for the early bird. Jumped up to 55 after that. They, uh, big granddaddy of them all is uh, 274. It's a five pack. Uh, <laughs> Tell all of your friends how fucked they are. Hey, or Q. You can, or you can just double check. We'd be able to Q and see if his air is better. Then we can, oh, if his air is yeah. better, we can all like go live go with him. Trinidad. All right, what do you got? Okay, so I was listening to this podcast that featured my podcast partner, and he was telling oh, everyone that we feature local Kickstarters. Yes, so I was we like, do. "Well, shit." Hashtag support indie. So local guess I gotta fuckers. support local. So I went looking for local Kickstarters. Oh shit! I went How'd down a little. Work? Well, I went down a wormhole when I found like a picture book of like naked ladies in the six. From local? Yeah, it was in Portland, Oregon. Like weird. All right. I'm yeah. not gonna talk about that one. I did spend maybe too much time investigating that one to make sure it was appropriate for our podcast and determined it ultimately was not. I'm going to go with something I could actually use. Okay. It was based out of Vancouver, Washington. Okay, that's a little uh, cool. I'm going to go ahead and let the guy talk about Well, there's actually two people. I'll let them talk about it real quick and I'll come back and we'll talk to you more. Still displaying no boobs. I mean, you could sort of use this to help your boobs if you have... Never mind. Hey, guys. I'm Taylor Pache, and I'm the co-founder of The Sciatic Stretcher. This product was created with everybody in mind. Several years in the personal training field, I noticed a common theme with my clients. Most of them had tight hamstring muscles, tight back muscles, and tight piriformis muscle. This product targets all of those areas and it helps them tremendously. Many people deal with sciatic pain on a day-to-day -day basis and they don't think that there's a solution. A lot of people take pills and a lot of times it can get solved with just simple stretching. My name is Steve McDonald. I'm co-founder of Sciatic Stretcher. I did five years in the United States Army, uh, two combat deployments in Afghanistan, and throughout my service and career in the military, I've seen a lot of back problems. It has become an epidemic in this country, and that is why we want to reach out to everybody and show our product we created, help people out to prevent actual permanent damage. With only four critical stretches and how portable this device is, it honestly makes it really easy to relieve your sciatic pain anywhere. After using the sciatic stretcher, not only is your back gonna feel better, you're gonna feel more confident, you're gonna feel more flexible, and you're gonna notice improvement in your overall health. Combining the band with the ball allows you to stabilize the positioning of the ball as opposed to using a tennis ball where it might fall off or you might not be able to get in the right position. Stabilizing the ball and applying the appropriate amount of pressure and relaxing the piriformis muscle located underneath the buttocks allows you to alleviate that sciatic pain if that piriformis muscle is tight. The sciatic stretcher was created for the typical American working person. With a labor-intensive job, using bad form and having a really tight back, this product can be great. You know, whether you 
work at a desk all day and you're sitting, causing your back and your hamstrings to be tight and sitting with bad posture, or have a very active lifestyle, can have tight back muscles, tight hamstring muscles, a tight piriformis muscle, and this can help alleviate that pain by simple stretching techniques. If you or someone you know who has sciatic issues or is struggling with back problems, our product with designated stretches is for you. Honestly, we're very excited about this product and we hope you are too. Uh, if you can, like it, share it, invest in it. We're very appreciative of everything you're doing. If you can, click the button below and help us support a stronger body tomorrow. Tim, what are we looking at here? Okay, so the sciatic, the sciatic stretcher is a combination of two things that physical therapists use to people with sciatic pain, which I often get from CrossFit and standing on hard concrete floors. Um, it's a band with a hard ball in the middle. So um, I use a hard ball to kind of roll out my muscles. And you can also do a lot of stretches with a band that you can't do by yourself. You can like, you know, bend your leg over your body, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. This has both together. So the band goes through the ball. Okay. And what's cool about that is if you have a band, you can actually position the ball better. So let's say the ball is behind your back, like how are you gonna move it around? Well, if you're grabbing both ends of the band, you can kind of- Oh, adjust where it goes. Yeah, so it's kind of a cool idea. And you can, I don't know, it's, it's not a bad idea. Um, it's based out of Vancouver, Washington. Sweet. Local. They have 23 days to go, and they are looking for $12,500. They're currently at $5,465. Damn. Almost halfway there. Um, for $1, you get a Sciatica information ebook. So that's a little better than just a thank you. You get like an ebook that maybe gives you some tips. The early bird, early bird special is gone. That was 34 bucks. 34 bucks. Um, 39 gets you the Sciatica stretcher, a bag, and an ebook if you're interested in this. Okay. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. The top level is 999 or more, which is a meet and greet, six sciatic stretchers and, a, and carrier cases, and six ice heat gel packs for even more relief. So basically, if you want to meet the guys that made this, you can do it. I think it should be cheaper for us since we won't have to travel. Yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit. Um, anyway, I thought it was relatively cool local product. I want them to fly me to like... Just fly you somewhere else somewhere and fly Somewhere else and then fly me back. That'd be fun. That's the sciatic stretcher, way better than the air sniffler. Just saying. Yeah. So that's our kick it. Zach, yes. have you been playing any video games? I installed the video game. That's that's on your way to playing a video I game. Installed the Ouija board game. I can't remember the name of. Your computer is now going to hell. Now it's my phone. Okay. Ask for the Android version. Okay. Do so you don't remember the name of it? So whatever the hell you sent me. Oh, that that looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, you get to... Uh, you sent me a Steam code and a, the unreleased APX for it for my Android phone. So which one did you install? I don't have the Steam one installed yet, but I do have the phone on. Mm, you should give me the Steam one. Maybe. Okay, so I, I know a little bit about this. It's, okay, cool. It's Talk like, about it. It's like, I know nothing. I think it's like the last... Um, All you did was email say, I think that my colleague would like this. So I was like, I want a key well, to this. Well, you love serial killers. Yes. You love true crime. Oh, yeah, it's a, you're talking to a dead serial killer. Yes. Yes. Well, Accused, sort of. accused serial killer. Yeah, very keyword here. I think that's important. Um, so I can actually look up since I set you up with this in my email. If you give me a second, but yeah, it's the, the the thing of the game is you're talking to her. She's already dead. She's been executed, and you're talking to her through a Ouija board. A Ouija board. Um, it's called uh, the Black Widow. Yeah. And they don't call it a Ouija board probably for copyright issues. They call it a spirit board. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you get to interview the infamous 19th century Australian killer. Louisa Collins through a spirit board and the game is called The Black Widow. Cool. I'm uh, excited. You should actually play th I I, am. that's like it's totally my game. It checks it it's so many check marks for you. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I hope you play it. I want to hear about it next week, Zach. Okay, sounds good. We're gonna do that. Okay. All right. What do you play? I okay. Well, first of all, I've been playing Wolfenstein: New Order. I think I was playing that last week too. Nazis, yeah, cool. Move on yeah. to the next one. Hey, stabbing Nazis. Do you know if you like target different areas of body, you can like hamstring them first and then stab them in the neck after, as they're falling? That's pretty cool. Um, next game, Tim. Killing Nazis. You don't appreciate my Nazi killing. No, I appreciate the next fucking game way more. How much longer can I stretch this out? So me and my son, and I have to say that at this point, me and my son yes. uh, completed. My son and I. My son and I completed the Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's so cool. It was so cool. Like we had. Okay, he. I got he he goes on quests that I don't have the patience for. He's collected so many rare art, uh, like armor sets for me. He got me Dark Link, which looks cool. am, which looks amazing. Got me Majora's Mask, which makes monsters like kind of ignore you or follow you around. Yeah, I think I have that one. It's cool. Um, you got me a uh, what's the the Kiku guy? What is the uh, the little nut people that? Kokiri. Yes, Kokiri mask helps you find. Kokiris. Oh yeah, helps you find all. Uh huh. Um, got me. He got me Ganon's horse. Oh, nice. Um, he goes on all these little little quests. But he asks me, are you going to do this quest? I'm like, no. He's like, okay, cool. So I do all the main stuff. I, I got I beat all the Guardian Meats for the second time, so my powers regenerate like way faster. And we just got to the point where, like, yeah, there's a couple more things we could do. We haven't. I could still go back and like find more... Um, cookery things. Cookery things and such, but we're like, it's time to begin. So after beating the Guardian Beast for the second time... Honestly, Ganon was not that hard. So how many potions did you use? Two. Yeah. And I've used, like, way more on... I used, actually, more on one of the... There's gates in Hyrule Castle where there's little mini-bosses, like the Lionel guys. Yeah. Are, and I used, like, more potions on that guy than, than Ganon. Because, first of all, Ganon loses half his health. Climbing again, loses half his health from the Guardian Beast. They all zap him with lasers. Yeah. And boom, half his health is gone. And his attacks are pretty... For the most part, predictable and dodgeable. And was the end credits just amazing? It was okay. Um, there was a cool little scene. It was. Cool. Does it set it up for the next one or no? No. Okay. No, but I mean, we know there's the next one, and we kind of know where it's going. It's going under the castle, and yeah. there's an ancient evil, and yeah. I hope it's honestly less open world and more weird, and I don't know, kind of like Oc Ocarina of Time was one cool thing, and. Um, Majora's Mask was a weird, weird demented version of it. Yes, I, I would not mind a weird side story like that. So you want open world, but not just really, be really creepy. I don't want dark it. world. I, I, we already have the open world. I want more of a. But Majora's Mask is fully open too. No, it wasn't. It was pretty open. Was there was one centralized area, and then it sprouts off of it. I don't call that open world. That's a hub world. That's a hub. That's. I mean, I guess, but so is Ocarina of Time, though. I want them kind of going like an underground adventure, like where it's make linear. And make the open deeper. world underground. That's so not you can go up and down. But if it's a path, that's not really open world, Zach. That's a path. It is. You can go left and right. You can go to Europe from Mexico and like underground, underneath the water. I'm excited to play that someday. And there's other Zelda games to keep me happy. So yeah. I've got um, Link's, the Link, past. Link's Awakening Link's coming out in just a month, practically, at this point. Month right after we get back from PAX. Well... 20 days after. So yeah, it was time to beat Legend of Zelda, and I did. I need to go play it now. You do. Um, you probably don't have to do nearly all the stuff I did. You can I just think go I'm just going to get the motorcycle and no. get the memories. I have a, I'm going to play around with the motorcycle a little bit more, because it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you can just jump off the cliffs. Kind of what I, was, yeah. I still don't know if it eats your items or not. 
I haven't really... Speaking of eating items, he found a weird little merchant guy that has his own currency that you get by selling monster parts. Beetle? No, not Beetle. Oh. It's a different guy. And he got weird monster armor for me. Huh. Um, yeah, it's really weird. He found stuff... He just literally went on YouTube and looked up tons of tutorials and like, Dad, weird I want to do... shit in Zelda. Yep. He knows all the weird tricks you can do. Huh. You cannot actually walk on air if you do this one thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Beat Legend of Zelda. It was great. It's my game of the decade. Nice. Decade. There are other games coming out. All right. You're going to have to read because I'm at one. Oh, cool. Thanks. That's nope. This better. is your job. Where is the ring? I don't have one. You need to buy one, good sir. I bought a knockoff. That was a mistake. Buy a ring at twenty fucking dollars. That's why I haven't bought it yet. I wish. Cyverior Delta PS4 Silver Chains PC Metal Wolf Chaos XD, which looks like a laughing face. PS4 Xbox One PC. Um, Age of Wonders Planet Fall PS4 Xbox One. Um, Age of Wonders, Planetfall Digital, PS4, Xbox One, PC, Wonders, Age of Wonders, Planetfall Digital Deluxe, Jesus fucking Christ. Just Age skip of the, Wonders skip, is fucking coming just out. Just skip the rest of those. Guacamelee 1-2 Punch Collection, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Darksiders. Tempted by that, even though I own them both. Darksiders Dose. Yes. Death Innovative Edition. Close enough. Uh, death I already own that on two platforms. I'm not yeah. buying it again. Gravity Ghost, PS4, DC Universe Online, Nintendo Switch, Mustache Amigos, Xbox One. Oh, oh, I gotta go back. So, like the pre-show before the um, medicine thing, at whatever that was called, was called. The Devil Juice. No, no, no. The medicine. Oh yeah, okay. Doctor Jack's old-timey medicine show, but we got there early, and the guy was pushing the broom. But there was another mime going around, and she went to my daughter with a. She had a. She was holding a paper sack. She said, do you want a mustache, right? <laughs> Daughter looks at me, and she goes, sure. And she pulls out from her little paper bag like a Hot Wheels car with a felt mustache glued on the top of it. Here's your mustache, right? <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> what other games are coming out? Glad your daughter got a mustache, right? Um, you take that back, sir. Yeah. Uh, Subdivision Xfinity DX, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PS4, PC, uh, Nintendo DS, the Nintendo 64, GameCube, and PS2, Pillows of Eternity. Pillows? Pillows. Pillows of Eternity. That's a Q-based game. I think it's Pillars. No, but it's it's Pillows. Is it really? No, it's Pillars. Okay. That would be kind of funny if there was a knockoff game called Pillows of Eternity. That would have been funny. Uh, Fatal 12, PS4, Picks the Cat, Nintendo Switch, Sword Art Online, Fatal Bullet Complete Edition, Nintendo Switch, Turok 2, Seed of Evil Digital Edition, Nintendo Switch. I want that. You can get it. I loved Turok. It's going to disappoint you at this point, I guarantee it. I guarantee you it's going to disappoint me. And Run Bunny. Run Bunny. Yep, Run Bunny. All right. PC. It's coming out. Yep. You can play all those games this week. Yep, and you can also check us over at thebuttonsmashers.com. Until next week, don't forget to prime and shine. And multiple tab zombies. Not zombies. Nazis. Holy shit. Nazis once in the neck and then just stab them everywhere. Stab zombies in the neck once? No, no. Stab zombies in the head. Stab Nazis in the neck.